Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? It's your boy, Spawn Ross Sap, for a special Halloween edition of the Fightful Podcast. By the time this goes off the air, it will be Halloween. We got Monday Night Raw to talk about. Perhaps I'll reveal my identity briefly. I am joined by a special guest, however. Hey. Hi, how's it going? Good. I don't know how to. I don't know how to intro you. I don't know. Um, pig monster. I'm not really sure what this is. Pig monster. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird mask. For those of you listening on the podcast, this is why you have to watch it on YouTube. It's well worth it. Also, why they have to watch it on YouTube is, uh, or, or really anything on YouTube. I've been doing these daily news updates, or rather, Sean Ross Sap has been, not me. I don't even know who that is. Um. Check those out, youtube.com slash Fightful. Leave us a thumbs up. So we had this episode of WWE Raw. Tell me what you thought as a whole, pig man. Well, um, I think that the major through line that we have to understand now is that uh, Braun Strowman, in continuity, in canon, is now a garbage ghost. And I'm totally fine with that. Hey guys, sorry I'm late for the show. Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com. Had a bit of an interruption by Man Bear Pig and Spawn Ross Sapp. We got plenty to talk about tonight. WWE Raw, WWE releases, Leo Rush. We're going to talk about it all. First off, Alex, I want your opinion. I did a breaking news. I've been doing a lot of breaking news updates on the YouTube, as uh, Spawn Ross Sapp mentioned. But your initial reaction to Emma, Summer Rae, Darren Young's releases? Uh, Darren Young, I wasn't surprised by. Uh, same thing with Summer Rae. But Emma, just it just stings, you know? Like she was finally being utilized as something near the top of the women's division card. And, um, you know, she had great showings against Asuka. 
It doesn't make a lot of sense to me to let her have get all that offense in on on Oscar if you were always planning to release her like a week later. So and she didn't ask for it. Like you could see that from like the first tweet after the release was just a a heartbreak emoji, which broke my actual heart. Yeah. So you know that's that's tough. That's tough news. Well, a couple of things. I don't think they were planning it when that happened, but if they were, um, I I know that she was at least well regarded in some circles uh, among the higher ups in WWE, despite her booking. And a lot of people thought that wasn't the case because of her turning down the Emelina gimmick. But if if they did see it coming, I wouldn't be surprised that they were like throwing her a bone on her way out type of thing. But right. I, I don't think they knew. Uh, Summer Rae, you know, a lot of people would refer to her basically like she's some kind of super worker or something. Personally, I didn't see that. She's had some decent matches, but she'll land somewhere else. She's got a future in modeling as well. Darren Young could be a career public speaker if he so chose right if he so chose that that route then we had the tweet that leo rush put out i've i've released a video it's kind of blown up on youtube make sure you all subscribe and go check that out where he made light of the emma thing this is a stupid rookie mistake it's led to a lot of false equivalencies and stuff like that people saying oh you're mad about this but not about that you you... case by case guys it was stupid he had made a lot of enemies on the independent circuit He's going to learn from it. I've said this before. When I saw him live, I said he could be the next Rey Mysterio, probably to a, a lesser degree, but he has that level of talent. What did you think of uh, of that comment? Um, listen, it, it felt like a guy who's like, well, in WWE, like kayfabe is king, right? And mm-hmm. I'm a baby face, and Asuka's a baby face. And, you know, this is – I mean, here's the thing. Like, if – if the baby face came out on live raw and said the exact same thing that he said in his tweet, we'd be like, yeah, that's, that's how you write a baby face in WWE. Um, kind of vindictive and kind of a douche. Um, and you guess you weren't ready for Oscar. Ha ha ha. Like, I mean, they obviously have no compunction about like, including that, like Alexa bliss had a, a promo backstage where she was, mentioning releases like without any regard for what's like it's like way too soon they've used it in canon before like when cm punk used it in a promo several years ago so so to me it felt like a guy who didn't know that because if you if you if you follow most of these people on on twitter like like 90 percent of the time they're tweeting kayfabe stuff you know what Mm -hmm. i mean so so he's like well this is I'm supposed to root for Asuka as the babyface, so I'm going to do that. But, yeah, but Emma, Emma is no longer involved in kayfabe at that point. Like, right, right. <laughs> That's the whole point. I don't think he had any idea that what he was doing was so wrong. Yeah. But, well, that, but, that's a part of him being young. He's 22. Right. A lot of people assume that when these guys come off of the indies that so many of them have been working for 10 years. He hasn't been. No, that's why didn't. when Peyton Royce <laughs> – is able to say, hey, kid, didn't you just get here? Yeah. A lot of people would look and they'd be like, who's Peyton Royce calling, kid? Well, Peyton Royce is calling somebody with less experience than her, kid. That's who she's calling. I have a uh, full – I have several articles of it up on Fightful.com. I have a video up on it on Fightful.com. I am positive myself and Jimmy Van will talk about it on Wednesday's List and Your Boy podcast. Check that out. I'm doing all kinds of new stuff on the YouTube. We have James Lynch giving us a lot of exclusives. Uh, 
uh, from the MMA side, we have Showdown Joe talking to Michael Bisping's coach this week. Uh, that's on the Holy Smokes MMA podcast tomorrow afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern. Lots of cool stuff, guys. I love the growth over at Fightful.com. I want you all to go there. Visit it daily. Visit it often daily. But now we have WWE Raw to talk about. I, I don't want to say, uh, you know, but I, I'm torn on the show. I mean, I, it had a lot of cool moments. Had some some fun wrestling. There was some real bad, bad, bad wrestling, too. But there were a lot of fun, cool moments on this show, Alex. Yeah, it's it's weird for me like huh, they're trying to huh, they're trying to find their way with this whole survivor series stuff mm-hmm. um it's this is my least favorite time of the year if this is what they're going to do every year i, I kind of just like hate it because it's just stupid and until you give me a reason all you got to do is say the win the winning team gets a giant fat bonus and that's it. You move. You move on. I'm totally fine with that. But I have no idea why the SmackDown guys hate the Raw guys. I don't. Like, before the Superstar shakeup, like, a bunch of them were over on Raw. And they were all, like, that, like just because you were – it's a stupid thing. It's like it, we treat them as though we treat, you know, football players or something. Where, oh, that guy, that guy's wearing a different color jersey than he used to. He used to be wearing my color jersey, and I used to like him. Then, then, then the owner traded him, and now I hate this guy. Like that's not that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It never has. So I, I've never been a big fan of this. But at least they're trying to work in some stakes, you know, and some new wrinkles in the storyline, which I gotta credit him for, I guess. I hope that the up, up, down, down Madden tournament wasn't a casualty of this. Raw versus SmackDown situation because there was no video this week and I was greatly disappointed. Greatly disappointed. I hope the next one is a Raw guy versus a SmackDown guy and it starts and like 30 seconds in it becomes a brawl and just goes throughout the entire backstage and they never actually play the video game. I hope Xavier did the smart thing and filmed some of those while they were there because yeah. that's that's often been a situation that, that has caused them issues that and Rollins getting hurt all the time god yeah. that would have been what happened they film every round and then Rollins gets the mumps yeah or something <laughs> and they can't do the finals with him in it right so <laughs> Kurt Angle is out and the entire roster is on the on the ramp he is interrupted by a returning Stephanie McMahon what was your re- your immediate reaction when you heard the first note of her music hit Oh, I knew it was going to happen. Like, it's kind of an obvious thing. Like, she's still technically the commissioner of Raw, even though she hasn't been there in months. Uh, We forget since Shane was there so often and had a whole build toward a match at uh, Hell in a Cell because he's actually – there are two authority figures on SmackDown that even trade off, um, and there's only been one on, um, on Raw since WrestleMania. Um, so you forget that she's actually, you know, in name, uh, head of, head of that, um, you know, head of that side of the brand. So, um, I knew she was going to come and deal with it. And of course she did the exact way, same way I thought she was going to do, you know, like come in and be like, Hey everybody, I'm going to say, welcome to raw. And then I'm going to be a bitch. Uh, and it was just like kind of what I expected it to be. Uh, so my first thought was, yep, that was it. I was I was just kind of like, well, here here now I know what the next five minutes is going to be, and it was, 
uh, because they only ha- they only know how to write her one way, and it's kind of lame. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm surprised that Kurt Angle could retain so many clothes while being dressed down simultaneously. Why? Why did the whole roster need to be out there for this? Well. It wasn't out there for that. They were out there because you know, I, I mean, Angle why did they write say- them to be out there for this? Kurt Angle couldn't have just been out there saying this. Well, I mean, I get it. We're supposed to think that Stephanie is a giant bitch. I'm just right. like, it. You know, right. it's the type of thing that they like to do. They have those motives, yeah. like <laughs> not to, to let us know, but to let them know, mm-hmm. to reaffirm it to them personally. That's the type of thing they do. Uh, Stephanie confirms that uh, Kurt Angle will be the captain of the SMA- or the Raw Survivor Series team, and that if they don't emerge victorious, that Kurt Angle's going to be out of a job. And WWE, the, the commentators, Michael Cole primarily said, we haven't seen her since WrestleMania. Only we did. We saw her at the Mae yeah. Young Classic, and we saw her on SmackDown right before yeah. that. So yeah. there, there was that situation, too. Yeah, well, they, they, they like to forget about things, and they like to say that Raw is the longest-running TV show in the history of history, and it's not. But whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, man. So there's that. Backstage, I really, really liked The Miz showing up late and Kurt Angle, like, taking out his aggression, but rightfully so, on The Miz. Like, mm-hmm. Kurt Angle was a bit of a dick, but he had a reason to be, and there was a reason for Kurt Angle to be so upset because he had just had to deal with Stephanie McMahon. Right. Miz says that he's showing up fashionably late with a returning Bo Dallas, mind you. Yep. Kurt Angle is real pissy, says that Miz has to defend his title tonight against an unnamed opponent. I love the stuff with the Miz, which is going to be a recurring theme throughout this night. Yes. I'll say this. Braun Strowman was like the lasting memory of this show. Man, The Miz, I thought, was the star of this show. Like, just from the beginning segment, wrestled through just end. Like, there were five or six Miz segments, and they were all good. Yeah, no, he's the star of this show. He's absolutely the most important guy on the show because Brock Lesnar is never on the show. Would you call him an A-lister? I would. I mean... On Raw, he absolutely is the <laughs> Like, think about it. Like, the, he's the, absolutely the most. He's the most important yeah. singles champion on the show because Braun's, Brock's never on the show. Um, the uh, because and he's the only guy who's going to be defending. Not even defending. He's not even defending the title of Survivor Series. But no, no title to be defending. But he's actually wrestling a singles, an important singles match. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a. There's a lot of stuff he's defending the show uh, on the show tonight because he's the only single style that can be defended on raw because sure. Brock will never defend it uh, defend it so he's and he also is doing incredible work at what he does like he's he's brilliant uh, and, and you know Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas you know welcome back Bo glad to see you're not dead um are, are doing great work as his little henchman and it's it's fun it's a lot of fun everything that that he does is fun and he he makes it a joy to watch him do what he does on Raw. Everything that he was in tonight, I really enjoyed. Um, 
Good, good stuff. Nia Jax defeated Bailey. Alicia Fox came out <laughs> dressed as a captain, speaking as a captain, pretending she was the captain of the boat. I loved it. She says that she doesn't have time to face Bailey. Instead, it's new hair Nia. It's great. She comes out. She's wearing like the love boat captain's hat, and she goes, oh, "This is your captain speaking." Like he's, she's, she's brilliant. This is your weekly reminder that. Alicia Fox is the greatest. Um, yeah. And, and, and I love that she says, I don't have time to face you, Bailey. So here's Nia Jax, and I'm going to stand up on the top of the ramp and watch the whole match, which takes the exact same amount of time as would have, would have been facing Bailey. Which Did is you great. see our, our guy, who the you have opinionated wrongfully guy about Alicia Fox last week? No, whatever. Oh, my God. It was no. great. I read it on the air and listened to your boy. <laughs> but um, – he was like, you are objectively wrong about liking Alicia Fox in the subjective setting. She is petulant. She acts like a child, not yes. like a crazy woman. Well, and yeah. I'm like, children can't do tilt-a-whirl backbreakers that good, playboy. Right. Here's the thing. A grown woman acting like a petulant child is kind of crazy. It is crazy. So, like, I'm not, I don't disagree with this person, but I think that makes her crazy, and that's kind of why I love her. Then they went and they said, the only, and they put in all caps. So I imagine they threw their finger up like this. <laughs> the only women who have played crazy well are Mickey James and AJ Lee. And I'm not saying they didn't play it well. I just like the way that Alicia Fox plays that. AJ Lee was among the most over people on the entire roster doing that at one point. Mickey James had one of the one of my favorite feuds and women's matches ever with Trish doing that. But I like Alicia Fox doing it these days. It works for me. <laughs> so there were rumors, and, and I don't want to call out the person who reported it or anything, but I specified on listing your boy that Nia Jax didn't walk out. Right. The reports that she had got that The Rock had encouraged her to walk out, I, from what I heard, were not true. Or if they were true, they absolutely were not communicated to those backstage in WWE. Right. That's something that I had said last week on the list and your boy. But I wonder if it was true if The Rock was like, make sure you work Baltimore. Don't fuck them <laughs> over on Baltimore, Naya. Pardon my French. Walk out. Let them know. But you be there for Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore is really important. It's a big one. A big one. Hope we don't get demonetized for that F word. Naya takes a funny tumble over the top rope and hits like an odd looking version. Like Moose in Impact does this spear where he yeah. feels the need to flip when he does it. Yeah. Naya does it to Bailey, who's like seated but on her knee, and it looks a lot better than Moose's. Yeah. No, but it was- uh, it's different. Good for her. She She's trying new stuff. I'm also a big fan of Bailey going back to the guillotine on Naya Jax, but Naya gets the win, and Alicia names her to the Survivor Series team. A uh, nice little reintro of Nia. I like the switch up for the look a little bit. She changed her hair up. Yeah, no, this is this is this is all very good for Nia, uh, and good because Bailey made it out of there alive. You know what I mean? So so that's 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 an improvement over you know some of their matches in the past. Uh, and uh, yeah, I agree. I love that weird somersault spear thing right into the leg drop. I love when she does the leg drop and just yells, "Count it!" But she doesn't yeah. get up. That's great. Uh, I, there's a she she um, she did that one like somersault senton that killed Emma like two months ago. 
Like she's mm -hmm. got these cool variations on on these moves that, that I think that she could pull out every now and then to end a match, and I, I'm I'm down with it, you know. And it makes sense for Alicia to then say, you know, you're my first pick for the Survivor Series team. That would make sense. I'm assuming Asuka gets on there as well. Um, and then, you know, she's going to make um, Sasha and, and Bailey work for it to get on that team. And that, that makes sense, too. That'll be fun. Dice Morgan in the chat says, Bailey must have ran over Vince's dog or something. No, they... WWE likes to do that thing where they beat a person a lot that they want to get over because they think it'll cause like some sort of groundswell of support, and I don't, don't know if it's coming. Bailey got a nice reaction tonight when she came out, though. Uh, that I like. This crowd was good for some of this stuff. So as Nia's leaving, she's met on the ramp because they are so crammed full of returns tonight. It's like, hey, Samoa Joe's back. <laughs> He's back, and yeah. crowd loves him. He says, crowd went nuts. They popped yeah. huge. They said, apparently you missed me. Well, I didn't miss you. And this makes me wonder. I'm like, man, baby faces are so hard to make in 2017. Yep. They're not easy to make. No, they, they can't make them. Just let them. That's the, the reason why, Alex, is because they think that everybody wants to cheer the underdog. Right. People are, I mean, by and large, are bandwagoners, and there's nothing wrong with that. People want to cheer for success. They want to cheer for somebody doing good. That's a, the New England Patriots. <laughs> well, like, listen, like, like there occasionally the underdog works. If the guy's an actual underdog, who gave like, a shit about the Warriors six years ago? The well, Golden yeah. State Warriors. Well, yeah, no, who cared about the Cleveland Cavs twenty years ago? Nobody right. did. People right. in Cleveland didn't care about right. them. No, but what I'm saying is, like, you can use the underdog thing for Sami Zayn before he turned heel. You can use it for Johnny Gargano. There's a lot of – there's a f several guys you could actually use the whole underdog thing and totally get them over with, you know, get them over with that uh, – with that – using that kind of storyline. But, I mean, here's the thing. When, when Triple H, the biggest heel in wrestling ever – like, like he's always a heel. He's a heel, 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 heel guy. But when he comes back from injury, blowing out his quads, like the, the pop lasted a full eight minutes, and they let him be a baby face for a while. They turned him back heel, and it worked. Seth Rollins comes back from injury. He pedigrees uh, Roman Reigns in the middle of the ring at Jim Rules last year, and the pop he got, he was a golden god. Next night comes out, screw all you people. You didn't send me enough fan mail wishing me luck or whatever. Yeah. And they ruined it. Like, and Seth Rollins still, to this day, has never gotten over as much as a babyface as he did that night when he came back and pedigreed Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they wasted that amazing return. And they're doing this. I mean, like, it's not the same scales. You know, Samoa Joe's been out for a couple of months. But, I mean, now that he's back, I'll let them cheer him for like a, a cycle. You know what I mean? And then, and then turn him back if you want to, that's fine. Like Nick, this is the way that they, that they did it right with Nikki Bella, where she came back as a heel for like a night at SummerSlam. And then the next time she's like, thanks everybody. It was so nice to have you back. They turned Carmella heel on her and boom, Nikki Bella is one of the most beloved people for, you know, a year on SmackDown. And they, they let it work that way. They're not just, they're just, they insist on dictating to us who we are supposed to cheer for. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Apollo Crews, they said requested this match because he wanted to impress to get on the Survivor Series team. I love the little explanation of that. He has a really nice drop kick, and that's about it. Joe beats up Crews, throws his gum at Titus, chokes out Crews, then chokes out Titus. Uh, my only other note for this was Booker T, for better or for worse, makes raw commentary fun for me. And I have not been able to say that in maybe decades, yeah. like 15 years. I don't know. It's been a long, long time. Yeah, he he seems to be going into business for himself. Like, what he says seems to have no bearing on reality. I so love it. So I just it. feel like it's coming out of Booker T's mouth, not somebody in his ear, um, which is fine. It's a lot of fun. It, it's unpredictable because uh, I, I still do not get that guy's alignments on anything. Uh, but that's cool. It's cool. We'll, we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, uh, Miz is out. Matt Hardy. He is the the challenger for this Intercontinental Championship. He gets a great reaction in Baltimore. Like, huh? Awesome reaction. We see what is your standard babyface versus heel match, and the crowd is into it. Only you have one of your best natural babyfaces against one of your best natural heels. And because of that, a guy that they, the crowd shouldn't care about really goes above and beyond to make the crowd care about him. Like busting out a moonsault oh at 43. God. Like Miz rolls to the apron after a twist of fate. Great way to get out of not having to kick out of that. Miz hits a skull-crushing finale and uh, wins. This was a fundamental wrestling clinic. This was just outside of the moonsault. There was nothing that you could point at and say they did something like crazy or anything. But it was just two guys, one really good at being a babyface, one really good at being a heel, a crowd who was there for the match. Mm. This was good stuff. Really liked this. Might have been uh, my favorite match of the night, honestly. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's you, I, I go I go along with that as well. Um, the, the the thing about this is you have not, he he is forty three, but he walks like he's seventy four. Yeah, he does. So that guy is out there busting out moonsaults, you know what I mean, and and taking bumps to the outside that do not look like they feel good on hips that make you walk that way. Um, I, uh, uh, yeah, I really did, I did enjoy this match. Again, this is The Miz being the number one guy on the show because he just does everything is so damn solid. Uh, there was a couple of sloppy thing interchanges between the two of them, but uh, they moved right past it. Um, I love, like you said, love the rolling out of the ring um, for after the twist of fate, not, ha- not having to kick out of that. Um the crowd totally was into this thing. They they bought that that um, two count the the near fall off of the moonsault. They totally bought into that. You're on mute. I feel like they bought one after like the diving elbow bat to the back of the head too. <laughs> yeah. It was it was pretty cool, man. I yeah, really it liked good. it. It's the kind it of crowd good. that I like. It makes little things mean more when you react yeah. to them. That a good crowd. I think could offset the commentators having to call moves as, oh, when somebody runs into an elbow while they're in the turnbuckle or something. Like, come on. We know that's not going to – we're conditioned. We know that's not going to do anything. You don't have to – don't insult our intelligence. 
Alexa Bliss insults Kurt's intelligence backstage. She shows up in her sweet Chucky costume, though, and gets put into a main event title match with Mickey James after she's talking about trimming the some extra fat. So, Magnus, Mickey James' husband, is currently feuding with a 52-year-old man in the NWA, which kind of ironic given the situation that they're putting Mickey James in because they would have you think that Mickey James' age is more in line with Tim Storm, 52 years old. By the way, I want to put over those NWA 10 Pound of Gold videos they're doing. NWA Digital, Dave Lagana has put on some awesome stuff. Go watch those. I I don't agree with the idea of a 52-year-old guy being NWA world champion at this point or any point, but those videos are real good and are really setting the stage for Magnus, Nick Aldis, to probably kick his ass, but really good stuff there. So there's a line where Bliss says that they could replace Mickey with one of the May Young Classic girls, or they could just dig May Young up yep. and bring her there. Mm-hmm. If you're going to dig May Young up, you better put a laptop in her hand and send her over to Fightful.com is all I have to say. We got forums, we got photos, we got videos, we got podcasts. I'm doing a post show for UFC 217 on Saturday. I'm doing a post show for Impact Bound for Glory on Sunday. Be there for it, my friends. What did you think of this backstage segment? Well, you know, too soon comes to mind. Um, for the releases or May Young? May died a while ago. Yeah, no, no, the releases. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, trimming the Not fat. The I mean, no, no. No, they're happy because she died a while ago. Um, it was no less disrespectful, but the more thing I was thinking about is that, like, the idea that you could say trimming the fat, like, well, you you just cut, you know, nominally one of your top women from the division uh, and another one who's who was drafted too raw and has been out with an injury this entire time. Um, so, yeah, I just felt, you know wrong to to bring it up in such a callous maneuver i i guess the whole thing is that, they, that she's the heels so she can say that because in kayfabe you know she would say that uh but still it's just wrong <laughs> to, to for them to have done that and i didn't i didn't really like that all that much daniel bryan is in angle's office and <laughs> angle's reaction <laughs> was great he's got his walkie-talkie they're here it's happening! It's happening! <laughs> oh, that was great. Uh, Daniel Bryan, like, says that he had nothing to do with this. And Kurt says that he, he wants Bryan to send Shane a message. Whatever. You know what you're getting here. Later, Bryan is in, like, a closet or a dark room or something. Obviously not on a phone call. We see his screen. And he does some of the worst acting I've ever okay. seen him do. Almost to the point to where I thought another attack was coming because I thought his acting was intentionally bad, Alex. Right. No, the 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 thing that that I have immediately when you see him on the phone in Curtis Angle's office, um, I go, "Who is he talking to?" The only thing I could think of as a married man is he's probably talking to his wife, but he never actually mentions anything like you know how's the kid or like who's is he talking to, is he talking to Road Dog? who's, you know, one of the people backstage at SmackDown. Who is he talking to? Like, it, it's just random person because he mentioned Shane, so it's not Shane. Uh, it, it's a weird thing from having this weird nebulous phone call where he's having both 
they know how in in bad movies where they write both ends of the phone call. Well, that is a good yeah. point. I should ask him this question that you've just told me to ask him. It's just it was re- really really bad. And then because you know it's Halloween, uh, when the lights go out. <laughs> It's all spooky. I don't know what's going on. And they cut away from it. And they, my, my whole thing is, in these particular types of backstage shenanigans, is that camera being operated by a human being? And what does he feel about being alone with Daniel right. Bryan in this dark room? Um, right. Shouldn't he have gotten involved in the assault that happened later in the same sequence of things it's it's tough i mean lucha underground has the thing where it's like the cameraman does not exist no this is it's actually like a scene in a, in a movie or something impact used to do this thing back in the day where everything was like spy cam like from around the yeah. corner and at some point i'm not talking to anybody in that backstage area with all the crates right and if so, I'm going to a cameraman saying, hey, bro, why don't you piss off a bit? Why are you creeping on me? Yeah. You can be there to listen to me talk to Eli Drake, but you can't be there when Mickey James gets pushed in front of a goddamn train. Do your job. So, right. yeah, that, that is a big question in canon for uh, WWE. Kane choke slams Brian through a table in the dark, which they used to get around him bumping. But I bet you he bumped. I bet you he bumped just to do it. And you know Kane, who's like he's one of his better friends in the business, said, you know what? I'm going to actually choke slam. He's like, thank you. Thank you for yeah. actually choke <laughs> I want to prove them to them that we'll just say it was like you got carried away and I, I won't press charges and all this stuff and we'll just move on. But at least it'll show them that I could take a bump. Um, the joke was on Twitter that the only reason Daniel Bryan showed up at Raw was to ask Kurt how they got him to get cleared. <laughs> I got them to clear him. It's <laughs> like, so uh you wrestle over on Raw. Can I can I come too? Um yeah, this was this was great. I, I just love the idea of of Kane showing up out of the dark to uh to power you know to, to choke slam uh his old team hell nobody. Um I think that was great. Oscar defeated Stacy Cullen. I don't think this is the way Stacey Cullen should have deb- debuted on Raw. It should have been a competitive back-and-forth match to prepare her for her dominant future in the WWE. Uh, but seriously, I would have laughed my ass off if she got some heat on Asuka in this match. <laughs> I would have lost it. <laughs> like, that's, that's you know, I admonish trolls, but the troll right. in me wanted it a little bit. Yeah. This is a real badass kicking. Like, oh, yeah. Asuka <laughs> cracks her with a nice spinning back fist. This is the thing where these squash matches, and Asuka had a few before she became champ as they were building her up in NXT, um, where they would just bring somebody in, you know, uh, and she would destroy them in a minute flat and move on, which is, which is what they should do if they're going to have her face jobbers. You know, bring somebody in, she destroys the girl, and then she moves on. But people, I don't want this warped perception of jobber in WWE. Right. People always, Emma's a jobber. Emma was in a, de- a championship match. Right, no, yeah, yeah. Emma yeah. beat the entire roster to get that match. Right. And I don't find any problem with Asuka being competitive against a main roster person right. in her first match. Yeah. I don't um, see a problem with it. Asuka beat Stacy Collins or whatever it was in like mm-hmm. two minutes in a total squash. Yeah. She beat Emma... In like seven minutes, two nights in a row. 
Well, she beat her in four minutes on Raw. Right, exactly. Seven nights, uh, seven minutes, and then four minutes. Okay, so against Sasha Banks, can can is she allowed to like have a, a match with Sasha Banks that goes 10, 12 minutes? What about Remember if people the- thought that Braun was ruined when Dean Ambrose got offense on him? Right. What about That's- what about uh, uh, Alexa Bliss for the title? Is she allowed to get like twelve minutes there? Like there, there should be a hierarchy of her opponents. Bro, I watched Matt I'm- Sarah knock out GSP and GSP's prime in like two minutes. Matt Sarah, this sawed off, just. Italian dude had no business being in the cage with the greatest fighter in the world knocked him out. It's, it's pro wrestling. It's scripted. She'll be all right, but she got a much better reaction during that debut match in the middle of a comeback spot with Emma than she did after her squash. Right. Well, this was a weird crowd. You know, like it sure was. This is one of those crowds where you go, okay, I know you're happy to be at raw, and I know we all remember how awesome Steve Austin was, but you don't need to what chant the entire opening promo by Kurt Angle to yep. prove that, like, you remember 1999 or whenever the hell that thing was. Like, okay, great. We can move on now. We don't need to do that for the Kurt Angle promo. It's just, yep. yeah, yeah, babe. Finn Balor defeated Cesaro. This was a good match. Finn Balor is really finding his footing in the ring. But WWE has this bad habit of making a lot of baby faces revolting by shoving shit down our throats. And the latest is ordinary man who does extraordinary things. They said this like four times, I think, before the lockup. That you know, is it's, too it's, much. Uh, no, I, I hate it. Doesn't help anybody. Um, and I just don't, I don't know. Like, there's no way that the fans are going to refer to him as that. Like, they might refer to Roman Reigns as the big dog, but no one's going to say Finn Balor. Instead of Finn Balor, they're going to say, hey, the you know... The only time I even hear people refer to Roman Reigns as the big dog is, like, sarcastically. I know, I know. No, but there, 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 there are a lot of Roman Reigns fans on Twitter. And I, that I don't see their stuff, right. all I know. Yeah. You're who, right. Who You're un, right. Who unironically refer to him as the big dog. So how does um, that make you feel as an actual big dog right now? Well, that's the thing is that, you know, I don't know. Am I a dog? Am, am I a man with a dog's face? I walk upright and I wear clothes. Then there's Pluto over here. Who's Our also a dog. Listeners are going to be so confused. It's nice to see the outside in suplex again from Cesaro as we move on. Yeah. Um, you're not going to find a lot of people who can take Balor's offense, his kicks and stomps better than Cesaro. Sheamus gets involved. Balor hits a tope con Hilo on the bar, and they take care of him real well. Yeah. I mean, Balor was an, in no danger. He hits a modified coup de gras, gets the win, and then afterwards, they, they've been doing this thing where they meet, they meet the next segment, and yeah. then boom, Kane just tombstones him on the on the stage. They're trying real hard to make Kane look good. We'll talk about that in the in the next segment. But what did you yeah. think about the Balor Cesaro match? Which really, it was a time killer, is what it was. But it was a good match. Yeah, I was not uh, I was not opposed to it. I mean, it's one of those things where you kind of it's kind of a dreamish match for people, you know, at least from like two years ago. Oh, Finn Balor versus Cesaro, wouldn't that be awesome? And you know, it's n- not set up that way at, at all in this match, um, but. You know, they did a really good job of selling how Cesaro still got those, you know, teeth problems and a lot of um, Balor's offense is, being, is kicking dudes in the face. 
Um, so that, that worked. Um, yeah, the old outside in suplex is great. Um, the pop-up uppercut just looks like it wrecks people. You know, and Finn, Finn Balor, to his credit, is doing really a lot of a lot of good things with his, as you've said, a limited arsenal of offense. Uh, but he certainly gets the crowd on his side, and uh, this was a lot of fun to watch. Um, and, and you know, there are people who were like, you know, I think we got a lot of flack for, you know, not having a huge problem with the fact that Kane beat Finn Balor. The night after Finn Balor beat AJ Styles, and like, I don't agree with it, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't. That's not how I would have booked it. But I see what they're doing. The most important thing to them is to make Kane super intimidating and impossible to, in thought of as impossible to beat, so that when Braun Strowman does it, it's way more important. And I don't think they need to do that, but I know why they're doing it. There's a hierarchy in what they're doing. And making Finn Balor look good against other people only to look like crap against Kane is a thing that they're doing. So let's get to that. After the tombstone, the shield come out and interrupt Kane. Uh, Sands Roman Reigns. This is really slow paced, uh, built to make Kane look strong. Like Rollins would hit clotheslines off the top rope. Kane wouldn't budge. The bar come out and beat up Ambrose. Rollins dives onto them, but then gets caught with a choke slam. Kane wins. Ambrose get, comes in the ring. Dirty deeds on Kane, but then they get jumped, uh, That they being Shield 0.66. This wasn't a very good match. It was used to make Kane look good. Not a lot to talk about from an in-ring perspective. Well, personally, my thing is you still got a couple weeks till Survivor Series. Right. We saw that they can just intertwine the Miz into everything tonight, like segment, segment, segment. We we know what Kane is. Uh, everybody knows what Kane is. He was last around a year ago, and he was winning some matches. I would just rather have Braun Strowman indiscriminately beat Balor, Rollins, Kane, than have Kane beat Rollins and ba- Balor to make him look strong for when Braun beats him. Right. Because at least then you're putting all of your eggs in the Braun basket instead of, well, he's going to write off Kane now, who – has beaten a couple of guys on the roster. It did. I mean, I get it. I understand it. I see it. And Braun will speak about him in a bit. I don't want to go off on that tangent quite yet, but I just, I don't think you had to do this. I think that you got what you got in Kane and everybody knows what he is and everybody knows he's an OG, all that good stuff. But, what did you think of this? I mean, they they put a lot of steam behind this shield thing, and who knows if there there's even going to be a shield match now. Yeah, this is the thing is that I mean, at least we we know now. Apparently, Bo Dallas was patient zero. He was infected mm-hmm. first, which means he's healthy first, and now we got to figure out if it's Bray or Roman who's next. Um, but um, yeah, who knows how long uh, Roman will be out there? Saying he's going to be back before Survivor Series. Uh, they reveal could... that somebody like. Spiked Bo's drink with the mumps. <laughs> like they, they sent somebody yeah. because they knew with a syringe. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> stabbed um, him with a needle full of mumps. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, so I agree with everything you're saying. There's no need to make believe that Kane at fifty 
is this incredible threat to everybody when he like he was last a credible threat when he was like you know not even wearing the mask you know when he, when he was like the creepy see no evil cane like 10 years yeah. ago like i, I would just assume hey he could choke slam balor through a table no yeah. i mean i didn't you know i didn't care one way or another about balor but man the dude's growing on me inside the ring yeah because before this on the mic and in the ring, I wasn't too hot on him. He's growing on me in the ring. You can choke slam him through a table. Cool. Choke slam yeah. Rollins through a table. Cool. Choke slam Ambrose through a table. Neato, gang. Yeah. Whatever. You gotta you gotta pin the guys. Uh, don't know if that's the best course of action. Now, Braun Strowman's obviously the best course of action. We'll get to that. Right. Um, the, the thing that the, the thing the takeaway for me was that they're they're having Kane do the Undertaker sit-up thing after a Dirty Deeds, which is supposed to be one of the most protected um, finishers in the business. Sure. Like, he, he's, he's, again, this unstoppable force of nature that you cannot keep down until somebody keeps him down. And it just, it just becomes, a, you know, uh, a cycle where they just keep doing it over and over and over again. Trick or street fight, Heath Slater and Rhino defeated Chad Too Bad and Tex Ferguson. I am a sucker for holiday-themed street fights, but this sucked. It was neat to see the Southpaw Regional guys on there, but there were pumpkin innards, styrofoam tombstones, which I thought it was funny that Rhino no-sold. That was great. Heath Slater wears everybody out with the kendo stick, then Tex Ferguson does. There was no heat for this match. It was lame. It was bad. I did laugh at times, but this sucked. So it took, I don't know why I didn't put two and two together, but until I saw that Rhino was wearing makeup, I didn't realize that he was supposed to be Mrs. Claus. Oh, God. So so they had Rhino in drag, uh, and he and Heath Slater playing, playing characters from a separate holiday. Yeah, he like flashed. Uh, what was Slater playing? Slater, Slater was playing Super Santa, Santa Claus. It was Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus. Oh, okay. So different. Yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, you know what I mean, like so, like I mean, at least, at least, you know, <laughs> Chad Toobad and Tex Ferguson are are there, you know, on loan from Southpaw, and that's that's totally cool. But you couldn't like find a werewolf or a or a Dracula costume for for Slater and Rhino. Um, uh, but anyway, Moving, uh, yeah, guys over from SmackDown was a bad idea, oh. and I get it. I get that when they did it, like James Ellsworth had emerged as like the comedy relief on that show, but and he was the worst thing that could have happened to them because they were this this great story on SmackDown. But man, they they got hurt moving to Raw. This was their first win on Raw since June twelfth, and uh, before that, let's see. Good God, I can't even find the last time they won. They they had yeah. never they it's their second win on Raw. Yeah, um, they uh, they're completely they were so over organically yeah, over man. that they huge. Those that vignettes was, were so fun. Well, they were so fun, and you could you you never they never had to stop. They honestly, you could have kept doing them the way they were doing the fashion files. Everyone would still love watching those things, and you know. Like, like here's here's the deal. There's there, that if they brought back Rhino eating cheese whiz on saltines, it's so far removed from when it was actually a thing. It would be an Easter egg for people who were watching a year and a half yeah. ago. 
You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's just. So it's man. And it's a bummer because you, it's so much easier to get guys over as a tag team by using humor because you have another guy to play off of. Right. And oftentimes three other guys to play off of because sure. you've got somebody you're getting along with. You got a couple of guys you're clowning and, and it works and you've got a lot of really funny guys there. Like yeah. Anderson, Gallows, Rhino, and Slater, if they did some funny stuff, it would be great. Anderson and Gallows have so much potential as characters. Yes. And none of it has been unlocked. Uh, yeah. Elias and Jordan. Elias has a full music video. He gets great cheap heat. The crowd hates him. Jason Jordan comes out and attacks and destroys Elias's guitar. This was what it was. We know. We've seen this a million times. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. WWE determined to make Jason Jordan a face, Samoa Joe a heel, Stephen McMahon a boss, Kane strong, Roman Reigns the guy. But the silver lining in all of this is Booker T's utter disdain for Jason Jordan every single week. And I tweeted that I love it when Graves hates certain guys, but Booker's is like Hogan Heenan levels for me because it's so passive that if Corey Graves didn't call it out all the time, I wouldn't notice it. Right. I would just I'd be keeping my notes and I'd be like, okay. But like he cracked a heel over the or he broke a guitar and Booker just goes, This kid's got a lot to learn. <laughs> well also, like he's he says Daniel Bryan, who had to retire because of head injuries, like gets choke slammed in the dark by Kane, and they come to the commentary desk, and Booker T's first thing is, Daniel Bryan got what he deserved. I'm like, Jesus! Yes. Jesus, Booker! Like, I'm sorry. He came here. He knew what he was going to get. I'm like, wow! that I that's a, that's a bit much. But, like, that's just, Booker T can say what he, he wants. So, okay, great. One. Somebody apparently showed Vince McMahon an episode of 205 Live last month because it seems like he's fallen in love with Drew Gulak, and rightfully so. His promo style, like, reminds me of early EC3 and TNA. That's a very good thing. Yeah. Uh, Gulak and Enzo are really good here. They're a great duo. Gulak spells out soft, and then he gets his ass kicked by Kalisto. He does. Real fast. Yeah. Real fast. Um, My only note was, I don't understand the handspring before a kick. But I do understand a spike, Kirk and Rana, and a Salida del Sol. That's mm-hmm. all that was. But this was fun, good, harmless. Yeah. Uh, Enzo was there. Enzo was good. Hey, the crowd still loves Enzo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gulak was good. And Kalista was good because he didn't talk. Yeah, uh, it's funny. Um, they mentioned that uh, Gulak is fresh off of a win against Grand Metalik last week on uh, 205 Live. And that match was really great. Like, Gulak did all the right stuff to, like, did his style of wrestling. He grounded Metalik. Metalik got all of his stuff in, but Gulak did win the match. It was a good, long, like, 10, 11-minute match. And they were like, okay, now he's up against another luchador. And to prove, I guess, that uh, Kalisto is way better than Grand Metalik, he just squashes Drew Gulak. And I'm like, oh, okay, that kind of nerfed Grand Metalik in my eyes. But all right. Uh, well, we'll styles move, we'll make move fights. On. Different people beat different That's, guys. I, yeah. I never, I never do the the MMA math type of thing. Well, the only reason to do that is because they they mentioned that it's like Kalisto and and Metalik yeah. are both luchadors. 
So it was like, oh, I guess, you know, one of them is a much better being Uchador than the other one. Whatever. Yeah, I like this segment a lot. Uh, Raw Women's Championship, Alexa Bliss defeated Mac- Mickey James to retain the Raw Women's Championship. This, I didn't like the match at all. Uh, does Mickey have poor circulation in her ankles? Is that is that why she does this? I, I don't know. I mean, it's maybe, maybe they get hot. And yeah. she can't. She can't have like like it's. It has to like there must be airy down there. Otherwise, they just start sweating. Yeah, I don't know. that's true. The match isn't too hot. You get CM Punk chants, which are dumb. Yeah, Bliss takes this bump off the top rope that looks like. At first, she landed on the apron. It looked like it was going to be that Eva Marie like lame mm-hmm. bump. Oh no! I think she recognized it halfway down because she's like, well. Here we go. We got to make this right and just slams into the, the ringside area. That was hard. Yeah. Mickey's flying Fez press. I'd can that move if I were her. That just was not good. Nope. Go with the seated senton, maybe. Uh, Mickey James's sell of a right hand by Alexa Bliss, however, A plus. Yeah. A plus. And I am all for it because so often, uh, I don't know how many wrestling seminars I've been to, I don't know how many wrestling trainers. I've seen that say, they'll tell you, one of the fakest things in wrestling is a punch. Mm-hmm. Because when people climb up and they punch a person, they punch a person, they punch a person, there's no knockout, there's no blood, there's no mark. That's one of the reasons why the open hand punch was forever the legal thing. That's why a lot of people would resort to chops, because the closed fist punch was illegal. Today, WWE doesn't call that. I think they like quietly got rid of that rule a while back. So I am all for somebody just getting clocked with a strike, knocked out, and pinned. That adds a sense of unpredictability to it that I like. Match I didn't like. Finish I loved. Uh, Alex, your thoughts? Uh, same thing for me, uh, except you could tell the crowd was like, what? Yeah. Like they did not expect it to end that way. Um, when when Alexa has landed that punch in the past, it's gotten a big, oh, from the crowd. It got Nothing. Nothing. And so if it had gotten the original reaction that it's gotten in the past, which led into the three three count, maybe that would have been different. But it got zero reaction from the crowd. And then after the three count, people were like delayed reaction of like, oh, is that it? That was weird. Uh, was that a finisher now? I'm, I'm confused. Which it should have been like, oh, she just knocked her ass out. And that should have been like, that was cool. And we move on from that. But um. Yeah, listen, they can keep doing these um, odd little um, uh, actual title matches on Raw and SmackDown for the next three weeks because I am convinced there will not be two heel versus heel um, singles matches uh, for the Intercontinental and uh, uh, versus U.S. and the women's titles. I'm just convinced they're not going to do that. So along the way, I wouldn't have been surprised if Mickey James had stuck a win tonight and they would have done this Mickey James versus Natalia thing at Survivor Series. I would not have been surprised. Yeah, I think there would have been no heat for that match, though. Oh, Somebody right. saying that the, the strike makes Mickey look weak. Well, that's a part of it. it yeah, I guess. It's, it's got to happen to somebody. It's The first time has to be somebody. Uh, some Somebody was Big Show's first KO punch, too. Yeah. It's just the way you uh, you do it. And, hey, if you're going to trash us for subjective opinions – GTFO. GTFO. Uh, by the way, I have people asking about The Undertaker appearance. I did a video on that, and it is on uh, the Fightful YouTube. So go there for that. 
Uh, Stone Osborne says, I'd like to see punches go away. Yeah, me too. That adds a sense of realism when you say you can't kick with the toe of your boot. You can't uh, use a closed fist punch. That adds a sense of realism to it. Otherwise, you'll be seeing knockouts all the time. So throughout the night, Miz is backstage. (laughs) He finds this – he finds like a bag of garbage Mm -hmm. in his locker room, and he starts freaking out. He thinks Braun Strowman's here. He tracks down Kane. He tracks down the bar. They're like, stop worrying. Get over it. Oh, by the way, you're on your own. We're not helping you. He tries to leave early, and Kurt Angle's like – and this was a beautiful tie-in to the Kurt Angle stuff. Kurt Angle's like – you showed up late, and you're leaving early. So help me God, you better not leave early. You're staying here for the whole show. That was awesome. That was great. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Miz and Ms. Taraj are, like, watching the match intently, the main event match intently on the monitors backstage. And as soon as – make as soon, like, I'm pretty sure they, they probably, like, somehow snuck Alexa Bliss a roll of quarters – <laughs> just to end that one a little bit quicker <laughs> because they were out of there by yeah. then. As they go to leave in their limo, a trash truck pulls up and Braun Strowman emerges like T-1000 and chases the Miz Taraj, and it is the funniest chase I have ever seen in my life. Oh, he was birthed from within the garbage truck. Now, okay, here's the deal. I love that the Miz, like there's a there's a, a bag of garbage in the middle of his locker room that he doesn't see even though it's directly at his feet. He has to smell it. And then he sees it and he goes, oh my God, it's Braun Strowman, which is a huge <laughs> leap of logic that like, like Braun Strowman is here and he's left this garbage as a sign to him that Braun Strowman is coming back for revenge. Um, that's great. Uh, and then <laughs> it, it turned, but it, but I love that it turns because it's Halloween. It turns Braun Strowman's return into like an '80s horror movie where he was killed by this kind of thing, and therefore his ghost like uses that thing to like to get back at the people who killed him, which is which is great. Braun um, is the only guy in wrestling this works with. Yeah. The only guy. He is so cheesy in 1980s and like yeah. action. He yeah. is the only guy this works with. <laughs> and I believe in every single like 80s promo he cuts. I'm like, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe it. I, I love that. Um, that was absolutely not the same garbage truck that he was compacted in. It was a different color. Like it's it's bright red because that's what I can't like, apparently what the garbage trucks look like in Baltimore, but the other yeah. one he was compacted in was white. So so here's the whole thing: he's been compacted. He is garbage now, and wherever there is garbage, he can birth himself from the garbage. I he's hope garbage ghost. I want it to be in canon that Braun Strowman is not no longer alive, but wherever there is garbage, he could birth himself from the garbage and become this garbage monster. Um, and when he comes out of the garbage and chases them, he runs on top of the limo to chase them into the backstage area. And then he destroys, um, he destroys Bo Dallas and they got to get like mostly Kurt. Some sort of Sesame street tie in with Oscar, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They got to do it. And you know, I've, 
Braun's the guy. He's always been since April of this year. I think he's been the guy. I think Roman Reigns was the heel, right? And Braun was his foil yeah. because you go, you see Roman Reigns with that reaction. Not even the heel, just the people. You don't have to be a heel, and people don't like you. It's just that reaction that Roman Reigns got after the Undertaker win, mm-hmm. and the reaction that Braun got every time he kicked Roman's ass. Yeah. To me, to me, that is your this generation rock stone cold. Right. Like, of course, to a smaller scale, but man, it's yeah. so fun to watch. People, a lot of people want to hate Roman. A lot of people want to love Braun. You have a guy who didn't come up through the indies. The WWE just manufactured, and a lot of people were like, "Ah, he was facing an uphill battle with a lot of people because he, right. he didn't look ready." And then just out of nowhere, he became ready. He worked real hard. I heard stories about him working really, really hard to learn how to get thrown over the top rope, like little yeah. things like that. And if I hear it, I know the agents hear it, and I know the higher-ups hear it. Right. In this um, segment, Alexa is still celebrating when Braun comes out kicking Mr. Raj's ass. Bo Dallas, Axel, and Miz are slid all the way down the ramp, mm-hmm. and their years of getting their asses kicked really paid off. Yeah, because they sold this so well. Braun lays waste to everybody, and I think one of the best things is that he appeased the crowd that chanted one more time, and he's like, "Okay, <laughs> I'll do it then. How about four more times?" <laughs> then, when they said we want table, he's like, "Well, there's a table right up here. Funny you ask." <laughs> and he goes through the table. This is the guy. Yeah, have no. you seen any of his media interviews? He's wonderful. He yeah. has that unique blend of superstar quality and just yeah. casual. Like he can hold a normal conversation with people, but he also has that aura of I'm not going to make any jokes about wrestling being fake because he might crumple me like a soda can. Right, right. What do you think of this segment? What do you think of Braun as the guy? Because I know you're a huge proponent of oh, Braun. Personally. Oh, yeah. No, this is the thing. Tonight in this segment – Braun became the biggest baby face on the entire roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's undeniable now. Like, a heel doesn't do the things the crowd asks of him. He got the green light when that, that he knew that he was going to be okay in the back if the crowd chanted one more time, and he did it four more times to, to the main heel on the, on the program's main henchman, which is how you do this. You work your way up so that you defeat the mini bosses on your way to defeating the big boss. That's what the, that's what the baby face always does. So he destroys Curtis Axel. He puts him through the table when the crowd asks for the table. He, he throws up his hands, does his big thing, and they all cheer for him. He's, he is the guy. Like, and they've allowed him, to, allowed him to be that. And this is the thing that allows me to say, okay, I'm all right with you keeping Samoa Joe as the heel. Yeah. Now I get a babyface brawn versus Samoa Joe heel match. Don't deny it. You have to give it to me. It's right there on your program. You have to do it. And it would be over huge. People would love that. The biggest problem with all of this is that Brock Lesnar still has the strap. And he's going up against Jinder Mahal at your November Big Four pay-per-view and no one gives a damn. But you got this guy who's now a garbage monster, and everyone loves him. Like, 
you, he did, he got himself over and you wouldn't let him be this guy who was cheered, not even in a cool, ironic, badass way. Now it's undeniable. The crowd loves him and you've got him in a feud with the biggest heel in the company. Like Ms. Miz is just a giant jackass. We love to cheer for him. And let's, let's be honest. If it winds up being him versus Baron Corbin at, at Survivor Series, he's going to be the biggest babyface pops of the night. Because everyone hates Baron Corbin. And, you know, we kind of begrudgingly love The Miz. But what they should do is put the damn strap, the IC strap on Braun Strowman and let him wreck Baron Corbin in Survivor Series. And that could be a lot of fun, too. Strowman has a fan in Hulk Hogan who tweeted that if he were The Miz, he would have just stayed home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he says, I think if I were The Miz, I would just stay home, brother. H.H. He's got to sign that damn tw- tweet every single time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I There was a lot of fun on this episode of Raw, a lot of good happening, some decent wrestling, uh, some bad wrestling as well. But so I, all in all, all in all, I, I love the direction of Braun Strowman. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, me too. Um, in looking into the future, I have a question for you. So this giant 25th anniversary extravaganza, Mm-hmm. is the go-home Raw for Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And if it were not that, if it were a regular Raw, I would say it would be 100% just cheesy, you know, Lindsay comes back and gives his finisher to some, you know, lower card guy, like Kurt Hawkins gets everyone's finisher who shows up. But it's it's actually a, a Raw that means something. So I'm wondering, like, what the percentages of of that back and forth you can do? What's the balance? Sometimes their go-home shows mean something. Well, no, but Royal Rumble always does. Like, it's like, you know, winds up being who's going to be the guy who gets number 30 and all this kind of stuff, you know, whatever. But three-hour show, though. Yeah, they they, they can figure out a way of doing it. I just thought it was kind of funny because when I heard they were doing this giant extravaganza, I was like, well, that's going to be a role I don't have to really watch. Yeah, I can just I can just enjoy it for what it is, but this one's actually going to have you're going to have to have something that actually has some bearing on what's going on at the Rumble. Well, uh, looking forward um, to it though. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I want to see what they do from the Manhattan Center. I think that's very cool because I mean that's that's those are my memories as a child watching yeah. Raw. But I'm excited to see how that plays out. I do have a video of that on uh, the Fightful.com YouTube guys. It's also on our story that uh, is up on the top scroll bar of Fightful.com. Join us over there, guys. We have live discussion of every show. I want you all to use those forums, talk to us. Really encourage you guys to do that. I want to thank you for all the support, especially on those breaking news videos. Um, give me your feedback on them. Hit me up at, on Twitter, at Sean Ross or at Fightful Online. Of course, we also have at Fightful Wrestle, at Fightful MMA. If you've never checked out the site and you're thinking, maybe a crossover site isn't for me, we have dividers for all this stuff. There are ways that you can filter in and out MMA, pro wrestling, and boxing. So uh, give it a try. We know that it's it's a it's a leap for people to switch wrestling news websites sometimes when you've been at one for so long. But give us a try. I promise you guys will really like it. Tons of exclusive content that you will only see at Fightful.com. That's one of my goals is to every day have something up on Fightful.com that you all won't be able to get anywhere else. Uh, Alex, where can the people follow you? on social media, and let me ask you, why do you want to kill me? Well, <clears throat> you can follow me at Pulowski the 4th. Also, I'm not wearing hockey pads. 
Until next time, guys, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.